Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis. Uh, the starting point for the NBA tonight is probably Las Vegas. And uh, that's where you run into either Jack Harlow or a Jack Harlow impersonator. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, you and not, you and a couple others, I, I wouldn't say challenge me, but uh, you pointed out that, you know, you can't be sure it was him. I feel confident it was him, but I have to tell you, Kevin, I, I'm staying at Treasure Island. Not my first choice to why I want to stay here. Uh, I've stayed at a whole lot of different hotels here when I was here for work. I've presented at conferences many times. But when I got here, yeah, well, but I'm staying here because my wife and I had points, right? And I got the check in and they asked me to pay for, you know, taxes and resort fees and all that stuff. And I, I noticed I had the card with my wife's name on it and they wouldn't let me use it because she was not here. Oh. There's a reason for that because a, a whole lot of shady and fraudulent stuff happens in this town. <laughs> and so, you know, it wouldn't be that weird if it was, a, you know, a lookalike. Or, or whatever. It's kind of funny because I, I, I looked online. And I was like, man, he seemed he seemed short. And I, I don't I honestly don't know that much about Jack Harlow, um, except I, I know who he is. And, and the Internet said he's like 6'2". And I was like, that guy wasn't 6'2". But I also found other things on the Internet that says he's really more like 5'9". But, you know, the Internet says both, you know. So I was watching... Uh, a YouTube of him playing in the celebrity all-star game and he looked right. tall, but then I realized celebrities are by usually pretty short. <laughs> They're normal sized people, you know? So, um, I, you know, it looked like him. It looked just, I mean, the reaction of everyone around him was seemed like what you would expect. He seemed very nice. And he is he, he does have tour dates here. He, he's he's in concert last night, tonight, tomorrow night. But I know that that can kind of draw like like two people trying to play whatever game playing to. So, yeah, I, I obviously can't be one hundred percent sure, but I feel I felt confident in the moment. Hey, this is Jack Carlo. Okay, I have a question for you, but to bring a full circle, yeah, that you know Trey was tweeting about him being taller today because there was a picture of him standing next to Quinn Snyder, who's. 6'2 or 6'3 or something like that. And Trey seemed to be right up there with him. Trey, Trey has mm -hmm. been on stage with Jack Harlow before, and, and Jack Harlow was taller than Trey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Well, maybe so here's maybe my I, question. Actually, what, what kind of security detail did this guy have? It was surprisingly uh, light, but he was moving fast, though. I mean, he was clearly like moving fast, like a person who. Uh, didn't necessarily want to kind of attract the crowd. Mm -hmm. He was polite to those. He was very polite to those in his immediate vicinity. Um, but, but he was moving quick, and he had he had two people with him that were, I guess, look kind of serious. <laughs> I don't know for sure who they were, <laughs> but you know, um, they looked like they were moving supposed to be moving with him. Um, so I mean, you're, I, I, yeah, I'm not a Jack Harlow expert, you know, but. I mean, I, I mean, my reaction when I looked at him immediately was like, oh, my God, that's, that's Jack Harlow, you know. And it's kind of funny because I, uh, not, oh, my God, oh, who, Jack, I'm, I'm not that, like, captivated by celebrity. Like, cele the concept of celebrity is totally lost on me. Like, I don't know why. I know I'm the kind of the outlier here, but they're just people. Like, Jack Harlow's a person like I'm a person, like you're a person. Like, 
last night when when Quinn kind of moved over in the third quarter, getting a third quarter was sitting two feet for me. It was like it doesn't. It was nothing. Like he he's 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 a person. I'm a person. But I I'm this weird magnet for like these celebrity encounters that happen to me like all the time, and and I like you know I'm respectful. I don't I don't ever want to talk to them or bother them or or anything because it's like they're just a person like anyone else is a person it's just weird to me how they're treated like they're so special or different or whatever you know it's i'm not making fun of someone else who uh you know would find that to be like cool like when i ask for you know the picture or whatever but uh i don't know his his the way he was moving kind of through the space was what i think was led me to like was con- fairly conclusive for me that he's someone that didn't want to stop because he felt like he would attract a real crowd. So, all right, yeah. But, I mean, it's Vegas, so literally anything is like literally anything is possible. <laughs> so, how how are you doing the scene there in Vegas? How how is Summer League at large treating you? Um, I mean, yesterday the place the the the, the arena was so packed. You know, of course, Wimbledon was playing, and the Houston game was like full of like you know guys that people wanted to come see. And and the, the, the I think because NBA the big today was a big day of NBA Con, and and so the arena was pretty light today, which is which is great for me. Uh, it's just easier to get a little closer to the action. Not have not have the feeling that people are right on top of each other, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, so today today was good. I enjoyed All the right. Hawks game last night a whole lot. Um, you know, so it's been good. I have one more day of games tomorrow, so I'll get to get to see the Hawks play one more time, and I have my eye on a few other teams that I haven't had a chance to see yet. I want to see. I've caught up with many basketball friends here, which has been great. So it's been it's been a good trip. I'm not doing the classic Vegas stuff. I don't really gamble. I don't really drink. I don't do nightlife. I don't, I mean, I'm in my hotel room and going to the game and catching up with people and <laughs> stuff like that. So, All right. On to the Hawks game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you want to start? Um... You start with AJ. Yeah, let's start with AJ. Yes, yeah, so I was curious what they would do with him. Um, and I'm curious what you saw because sometimes you can actually see some. I feel like there are different takeaways when you're in person up close than when you're on TV. And on TV, you get things like replays, you know, stuff like that you don't get in the gym. Um, but for me, you know, he wasn't really kind of running the offense, which I was curious if they might let him kind of do a bit of that. He was, he was on with Kobe, um, especially that Kobe was basically, was clearly the point guard. Right. And all of AJ, all, like, it, seemed, it seemed like all of AJ stuff started with pin down in the corner, lifting up to the three-point break, getting the ball, and then having the person who set the pin down come back for the screen, or having Big, who's on the uh, kind of weak side block, come over, up and over for the screen, kind of roll from there. And that's different than, I mean, I mean, like that's something that they never ran under, you know, before Quinn took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I thought that was interesting, to, uh, interesting to me. But it makes sense because if he's on with Trey Dejounte, you know, basically Trey Dejounte continue to be staggered, 
that's kind of what his creation opportunities are going to look like. And I thought he was good. I thought he was good. Um, overall, the team shooting minus their centers, weirdly. Uh, they struggled to shoot the balls on the perimeter, but I thought he made good decisions. I thought he attacked when, you know, it was the right time to attack. I thought his handle looked good overall. Uh, the Kings were really trying to pressure ball handlers a ton, a ton, like as much as you'll see in a, in a summer mm-hmm. league environment. And they created some turnovers and things like that. But I, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I, I think he plays again tomorrow. I've assumed, I think they said one to two games. I'll assume he'll play one, once more tomorrow. Um, but he looked like AJ. And but he looked like a guy who didn't do much of like, hey, we're calling a play for you to let you create for yourself, like in this past year. And so it was kind of a new role for him, a new thing for him. And even though it was really exciting, it looked like something that was like, hey, this is a bit new, you know. And and so in some ways, it looked a little bit, it looked a little rusty uh, in that area at times. So overall, I thought he was good. Do you think that he was? It's it's hard because you know you mentioned the ball pressure and the ball pressure, you know if you don't get the turnover, the other thing you're looking for is to just wean the other team late into the shot clock. But uh, did it look like he was more aggressive, sort of searching for step backs and and things of that nature, or was that just a sort of a byproduct of some of that stuff happening so late in the clock? Yeah, it, it looked to me like a guy, you know, so like when you, when you and I talked about him before, like when the, the pick and roll he did run, the pick and roll, the volume he did run last year, very patient, uh, really took his time, which is impressive for a young guy. But he looks like a guy with, who might have been told, hey, let's try to play a little faster, you know. Uh, that's what it looked like to me. And and you and honestly, if you've been to summer league, you see that all the time where they're trying to get people, the kids, like young players, to play faster, play faster, play faster. You want to attack the defense before they're set, before the before the help kind of shows up, before you know it's loaded up or whatever. And so he just looked to me like someone who's trying to play a little bit faster. And whether that's the right kind of long term direction for him to get, you know. Or not, I you know I think it remains to be seen, but um, I, I do think that in some league is a setting where they're trying to get players to stretch kind of into areas and ways of playing that um, you know are different. And, and and so I thought he was trying to play faster, and I, and I thought that that was kind of what showed up a little bit in, on on his like not his not best plays uh, was that he looked a little bit sped up. Uh, you know, um, I love the pace he showed last year. You know, but if as a team they want to play faster, even in the half court, then he's probably going to need to have the ability to, yeah, okay, there are times in some matchups, some situations we can kind of slow it down and let his ability to read the play and not be hurried up be good. There might be other times we're down 12 points, there's four minutes to go, so we got to run everything faster. And I think that's uh, something that that looks like it's going to be kind of a an area for him to kind of stretch into. All right. What did you, anything Kobe? you saw on TV that caught your eye? No, I mean that 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 was it. I mean, he just he looked to me like somebody who's sort of hammered on a message of of be more aggressive, be more aggressive, look for it. You know that 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 that's all. 
but yeah, I was looking to see if he was sort of initiating the offense and really no, that all went to Kobe really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, I, I said this, this, this one point on Twitter about Kobe was that I was surprised at like how advanced he was with his table. Like he came off the screen and I mean, yeah, you hate to throw around these names and stuff, especially for somebody kind of viewing. But you remember like Nash just kind of using a slow high dribble. Now, I mean, now what we call it as a hang dribble. I know hang dribble is a little different than what, what Nash did, but it that's it largely has the same purpose. Where he kind of comes off the screen, kind of comes in the middle, and if the defense is slow to making a choice of you know how they're going to react to his presence in the middle. He'll use not just one, but two or three kind of hang dribbles. He'll use his hips to kind of maybe move a defender a little bit or create, a, anticipate and create a passing angle and things like that. So I thought he saw the floor really well. I thought he saw everything. Um, and I thought he used his dribble effectively. He went to kind of use a higher or hang dribble to kind of buy some time to let the defense kind of react and make a commitment and then to kind of read encounter the commitment the defense made and I, that was better than i quite a bit better than i expected um you know the one thing he dealt with was sort of similar to aj was just you know as the game went on the kings you know ramped up their ball pressure more and more and more and you know whether he got a little tired or if it was just like i mean at michigan he wasn't really kind of like always the one getting them into their offense like the like the first half of Instagram, I think Jet was initiating a lot. Um, I got to see him play for the Magic today, but you know, I don't think I don't think he's accustomed to kind of getting you know running the offense basically the the majority of the game, like the whole time he's on. And so I thought that part was just a little bit new to him, and I thought it showed up in the second half especially. Yeah, that that was definitely a takeaway, right? I mean, eight points. Eight fouls, eight turnovers. That's wild, right? Um, hey, that's uh, what you want in the slot machine, Kevin. Okay, eight, eight and eight. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think the other thing that goes hand in hand with that, like, you know, I thought he was doing pretty well handling the ball pressure in the first half. And, you know, as time wore on, like, you know, they they started to get to him. They they found some shots to, you know, poke at his dribble and and get it loose from him. But you know, I, I think the thing that's going to go with that, in addition to just sort of mental stamina and getting used to that role of doing it the whole all game long, like he's just he's got to get bigger too. Like that. I mean, part of the reason you wear down is he he took some shots. He took one shot from mm-hmm. uh, Namias Kata, like just landed on. <laughs> But like you, you can see it in his game. Like, it, it he doesn't seem to want to. Uh, like when he's on defense, he doesn't seem to want to hit the screen. It seemed like there were a lot of times where he was going under, where maybe he should have gone over, and he wasn't just going under. Like he was going way under, and it's like that. That's yeah. not gonna work. Like you're just you're too far away. Uh, to to do anything meaningful when you're going that far under, and I don't know if it's just shying away from contact or just physical, or he, he knows that if there is contact, he's going to be the loser. But you know, I I'm really encouraged by everything I saw, and I think the biggest thing for him is just you know 
he's got to work on his body because I, I think like his overall technique and his approach to the game and his, uh, you know, feel and mental acuity for what he's got to do when he's processing plays is great. Um, but part of what the package is supposed to be is that he needs to be, you know, an impact defender and that's going to be harder unless he gets better. And, and, you know, any kind of upscaling in his role going forward is going to be harder unless he sort of gets thicker and stronger and, uh, no, more vigorous in contact situations. Yeah, I think that's all on point and well said. And um, and you can tell that's the end of the court. That's going to be uh, kind of the, the the more of the thing that um, delays his ability probably to kind of play regularly, right? And um, I mean, he did like lose on every screen. Um, yeah, he's like 180. I think he weighed 183, if I remember correctly, at the combine. So, you know, pretty slender guy, even though he has good, pretty good length and is six, good 6'4. Six, um, but, it, it, you know, it's about it, there's two things there. One, it's about getting stronger, but there's also footwork, kind of preparing yourself for the contact, kind of leaning what weight you have into that contact. Um, ideally, being the person who initiate the contact at the at the point of the contact that you want and that's good for you the defender and not letting the screener kind of get all the way to where he wants to be so there's a lot of craft in that too that has to come along and, and you know and i mentioned this before but like when i watched him play I, i'm like he really needs to replicate a lot of mike conley's stuff you know mike conley's uh, you know uh, i think a little shorter than him like my, you know at this age for sure at this point, Conley's Conley's a, a thicker guy, but you know he's an older guy, and you know, and, and things like that now and stuff. But I just think you know, I and I'm not saying I expect the same kind of career arc as Mike Conley. I mean, I don't want to say he couldn't do that, you know, at, at all either. I don't want to limit the guy, but in terms of kind of on ball, off ball, on offense, and the guy who just uses a ton of craft and and kind of forces the issue. To his advantage, uh, I just think that's a, a lot of what uh, Kobe needs to do, and this is why I, I think they need another guard that can play at least uh, I don't know roughly the first half of the season in the spot that uh, Kobe might eventually be in. You know, even whether that's the latter part of this coming season or later than that. You know, um, I, I think that you could see there. And I mean, I, I want to go see Kobe play tomorrow. I don't want to see like how much like. Did he? I mean, some some guys are quick, like taking these things coaches are giving them and kind of putting it into motion. On defense mm-hmm. is one of the harder areas for that. But I I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to go to the game tomorrow and think, oh, I'm going to see the exact same Kobe. Like I, I want to go and see, like, oh, okay, what what did he kind of what kind of adjustment did he manage to pick up and incorporate from the last game? And and I'm excited to kind of kind of see what he might show. Very good. Yeah, it was a it was a physical. I mean, I guess you know, a lot of Super summer league games game. are physical, but like that matchup in the middle between Kata and Cab and Jelly was just <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, Kata was, <laughs> that was trying to put his hands all over Cab and Jelly. Cab and Jelly, you know, doing that thing where he slaps. I mean, sort of the quarter. I think of it as the quarter. You know. Put your hands on me. I'm going to slap your hands off me. Like the whole game, and it's funny because that was one of the later games of the slate yesterday. And almost every other game I saw was called pretty tight. 
where they weren't really letting any of that stuff go. And then I sit down to watch that game, and those two guys are growing at it, man, which, which is kind of a fun thing to watch, you know. And they weren't, none of it was malicious at all. They seemed to actually enjoy playing against one another and kind of that, they enjoyed that the game. But it was like such a stark difference from how the, all, the, all the other games were initiated. But I I enjoyed Kevin Gailey. I, I, I was, I really enjoyed watching him, you know, in that setting. And you know, it makes you wonder, like, hey, is there, you know, is he going to get a real shot, you know, maybe in the next year or two, being a third center or whatever? Because I, I was just impressed with a lot of stuff he did. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a smart pairing. I don't know if it's like, and can be anything that goes beyond just sort of the, the summer league roster, but like, right. you know, we, I want to talk about Muhammad Gay and, and stuff. And you right. just look at what the, what the Hawks have on this roster. And it's like, you know, who do you, who do you want around AJ and, and Buffkin and gay, you know, what, what kind of center do you want? And I, you know, I think you want someone who's super physical that you trust to sort of hold the box out on the defensive glass. Like, you know, somebody who's going to be a thick screener, you know, all those things like it, it, that, that's kind of the role you want and you can leave, you know, some of the, rotation and secondary rim protection you hope you get some of that from gay and i just i don't know i, I just right. thought it was a, a sensible pairing yeah i agree i mean and he made his shots so I, I, I mean i was three for three i think from the three-point line and it was like did not hesitate at all when the ball found the corner you yep. played up you know and, and that's the NBA coaches want like you know ball finds you there you know, put that up um, and I mean, I, and it's just kind of funny because when I saw him being physical and fighting on defense, and I, I love his self accountability when he makes a mistake on defense to kind of pat his chest and make it very clear, you know. And and I thought that helped his younger teammates even to know, like, because the younger guys know that I messed it up, but he would make it very clear, like, oh, I messed I messed that up, and I thought that was helpful. But I mean, it's it's some relief to kind of keep everything in. In, in frame, but I mean, I thought he was doing some kind of like PJ Tucker kind of stuff, you know. I, I mean, I mean, there, there's a bit of a kind of a similarity, you know. They're both really thick, you know, strong, yeah. like you know, guys. And and I yeah. just thought his his physicality, and and I mean, I think PJ's probably probably like what four and a half, <laughs> you know. Kevin Gailey's what probably, probably six seven. He's like, listed at six ten. But like he's no listed way. at six ten, but he crazy. does he also just doesn't he doesn't play with any sort of verticality like sort of like PJ. No, it's all just strength and ground bound and just I'm gonna be strong and and I'm gonna leverage everything, you know, everything's gonna be leverage and hand techniques and you know, just just a grind yeah, for everything. Like, I think that PJ Tucker comparison's a great one. He's like the center version of PJ Tucker. Yeah, and like PJ, he doesn't even at this point now. I think he doesn't even pretend to kind of have verticality or to be nope. tall. He's, <laughs> he he gets in a stance and he just like he just he bumps you, and he he, he makes his presence known. So, you know, like I said, I have no idea. It's like I I, I want to see him play again tomorrow. I mean, it's assuming he does play tomorrow, not, not all every player plays every game, you know. But it seems like he seems pretty important to the young, <laughs> to the young to me. Um and stuff and uh and so I, I, it's it's one of those guys that I come to summer league and I'm different like a lot of people here are here to see Scoot and you know um 
Shaden Sharp and you know who are you know, you name your list of guys, Jabari Smith. And I love watching the guys that are like clearly outside of the league, but maybe kind of close to getting another opportunity. I, I love watching those guys play. And uh and and I mean I enjoy I really, really enjoyed watching him play yesterday. I I want to talk about some of the other players and stuff, but but before we do that, yeah. I know that you are uh you have a uh, a predilection for trying to get near the bench and hear things and hear what the play calls are. Did did you get to do yeah. that for this game? And was there anything about the Hawks' uh, vocabulary or whatnot that surprised you? Kind of jived with what you already thought. Anything like that? I mean, not, re- not, not I mean, nothing really surprised me. And th- in that case, it was so full and. Um, and I had a few people, a number of people had reached out and wanted to you know, come by and say hi. And so they were going to be there. So I was trying to find a little stage. Jack Harlow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or fake Jack Harlow. Um, but, it's, it, but it's like I was trying to find a place where it wouldn't be that hard to find me. So I sat up pretty high in this case. But in the, in that smaller gym, you can like hear everything. And I'm going to have to give it one more listen. Uh, I mean, I heard a lot of like. You know, like already last year, they were instead of calling it stack two, stack three, whatever, which is, you know, the play where, say, Hunter stack three starts in the middle of the paint, gets a kind of a, a ram screen, as they call it, and he pops up in the three point break and runs the pick and roll from there. Like they call it one out, two out, three out. Right? It's just a simpler, it, it's an it's just, it's your hand signal, one out, you know, as opposed to using your two fists together while you're mid dribble. <laughs> You know, and so Quinn, like all the terminology is really simplified. Um, they had a set they were calling, if I heard it correctly, whenever it was, they call it high. And I, I'll confirm that tomorrow. But like, it's like all everything's like one word, maybe two words, you know, and 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 stuff like that. So the what they what I think they were calling was high was, um, kind of uh, a pitch to. The big man, say, like in, in, in a kind of a horn spot, say, just a little bit kind of close to the end of the free throw line and uh, kind of a pitch back. And then the guy, when the pitch back comes, you can come to back to a screen with the same guy. Or the primary idea is that the big man on the other side of the floor down on the baseline comes up for a screen. And then the big who got the original pitch is doing a pin down on his side. So you got, and that's what they were calling high. So, um, but that you know, I'll have to get another listen tomorrow. But it was just simple, 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 simple terminology, like way simplified, which I think is smart. And, and especially if you're wanting to play faster, you know, fewer words helps. Um, on on defense, it was all the same stuff. You know, they were calling out wide when the wide was coming. They were you know, you're by yourself, or they were weakening a lot of the pick and rolls in that case. I think because like Kobe was struggling, they're trying to force ball handlers to their weak hand. Like in the second half, forward just started you know shooting threes off the dribble like crazy because Kobe was dying going under, you know. So they were trying to kind of weaken that. So it, it was all you know pretty pretty common and similar stuff. But, and they and they were only running about three different things on offense for the most part. So um, like they ran a, an ATO for Martin at one point. Um, uh, in which I, I forgot what the terminology was for that. But I think it's just because he, it was like almost halfway through the first quarter, he hadn't really touch. 
and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll get more of that tomorrow. Uh, I think tomorrow will be a lower, a lower turnout as well. Um, uh, but, but we'll see, because I think, I think the big teams are back on the calendar tomorrow. They'll be in the big gym and it's Sunday night. So a lot of people are flying out on Sunday night and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, tomorrow's the tomorrow's the opportunity. I think I'll try to see if, if the terminology I picked up being a little further away from the bench was all, if I was all hearing it correctly or not. So more to come. All right. Uh, Muhammad Gay. You, yeah. You, you, one of the things I, I don't know where I caught this, but you were talking about how it was difficult to make a player comp with his skill set. You know, it's, yeah. I, I, I tried and I don't know why. But like every single player that I thought about played for the Kings. I don't know if I had Kings on the brain from that game. <laughs> so so here's the best that I could come up with, and it's a little bit stilted because we don't really know exactly what one of their careers would have looked like if if they'd been healthy. But I I, I kind of wanted to say sort of like a half and half, sort of Harry Giles and um Chemezi Metu, like sort of those two players where like with Metu, he's not really a center, but he's got kind of some of that center defensive rim protection package because of his, his length and kind of having a nose for things, uh, yeah. you know, a nose for the ball on the defensive side, kind of helping. And then offensively, you know, just having uh, a feel and a, and a flow to his offensive game, you know, where he's comfortable with the ball. It's funny because, you know, Giles came out of high school and maybe a little bit of college, too, with just this reputation. And I guess when he's high school, he's supposed to be like the the top player in his class coming out of high school before he got hurt. But it's like that archetype of player where you're sort of like this really smooth sort of 6'11 scoring power forward, just it works better in high school, like it just, as, as you move up levels, it just gets harder and harder for that archetype to succeed. So like Giles got hurt. I just don't know that he would have had like some massive explosive career had he been healthy going forward. But I don't know. That, that was the best I could come up with. Did you, did you think about that question more as, as it went on? Well, well, you know, being, being an older guy, uh, okay. I, I tried to go back to like the eight, like eighties and I, I'm, and what I had said was, I'm trying to think of a lower end comp, not because I want to like you know me. I don't want to limit these guys. You know, mm-hmm. I say what I see. I'll, I'll say what I see. Absolutely, will say what I see. But like, if he thinks of himself as a you know current day kind of kind of in the Siakam mold, I don't want to say he can't do that. You know, but even if even if we use the Siakam, and Siakam is a really really good player, right? Right, and he didn't come but to the Siakam's, league. You know, as this right. whole beautiful package, like he had to work on it in the G League for a year or two, and he was twenty three as a draft prospect. I think you know, <laughs> right? Uh, so you know, and I mean, you know, uh, Gay has been playing for four years. I think is all. Um, you know, so it's kind of crazy, but like even like with Siakam though, right? To your point around how hard it is to kind of build around a player like that. Um, you know, the Raptors didn't even make the play in last year. They were 13th in offensive rating. And only that, because of how much they generated in transition, 
That's the only For reason sure. they were like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're you're trying to you know build around Scotty Barnes, who who I like is a kind of a glue guy, like a, like a, a high level glue guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know uh, and stuff, but like you can't you can't throw a team out there with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, you're too high to these guys and think you're going to be efficient at all. It's just, you're just not, you know, <laughs> not enough ball handling, not enough high level passing. And, and I, and, and for either of them, they're not these you know, crazy, uh, you know, shooters. I mean, Siakam has made himself into, you know, a better shooter than maybe I ever thought he'd be. Yep. But the, you, you, uh, to your point, you just can't kind of build your offense around that unless you're talking about like, like freaking Dirk Nowitzki, you know, like a, a literal Hall of Famer, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like if you look at like the Chris Webber teams, like and Chris Webber was awesome, but there was a ceiling offensively, you know, uh, to that kind of player. The, the, the players that tend to kind of really lift their teams at the fours, like Pages Stoyakovich shoot the ball, you know, kind of space the floor, you know, be a, you know, pretty high level passer uh, in that, in that vein. And that's more of kind of what tends to work more at the floor. And we see over and over and over in the modern, or I should say last, I don't know, 15 years or so, everybody's trying to find a, you know, a Ray Allen, you know, a, a wing you can kind of push up towards the, the four or play at the three and then have a, a four who's, you know, um, Richard Lewis or you know, whoever, right? Yeah, you know, all those types. That's what everyone would kind of go out and find. And so it is interesting to think about, you know, because I was like super impressed with him, like uh, you know, and, and and you and I talked about it when they drafted him. I saw him play at least four times live in his in his college career. He showed so much more. Like I mean, and and what impressed me was like the nuance, like the 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 kind of the pretty specific area of execution, like that one highlight he got, which was a really great highlight, you know, certainly Hawks fans and others enjoyed that. But the, and that was, I think Kessler Edwards was trying to drive on him in, in space. And, and, you know, I, it's hard to kind of you know, break down in pod form, but I'll, I'll be brief. Like, so Kessler kind of tried to measure him up and, and gave, gave him about a full step. And, and Edwards kind of went into him to try to take that space away from the defender, which is a common technique for offensive players. The offensive players actually typically don't want the defender to have that gap and to have that space. They want they want to go right into their gut and they go around them. And Gabe would not have it. And so he kind of managed that space, that kind of one full step in between them the whole time. And as Edwards kind of went in towards him and back away, to, okay, I'm going to try to take all the space away, but I'm going to try to create more space. He, he managed that space exactly the whole drive, which is what set him up for that block. And I just, I couldn't, I mean, I was so shocked at how he managed that whole like action and, and would not let the offensive player get man take control of what space there was. And th- that was just super impressive. And then, yeah. Otherwise, like on offense, when he set the screen and the Kings were switching a lot, and he and he drew the switch for his guard, he would immediately carry the guard that was on him straight to the baseline. Like, bam, he'd go and clear out so that the defense couldn't switch back, or or do something else to kind of you know affect some other outcome from that switch if it's a switch they didn't want. And, and he was just like all of the little stuff. So yeah, just just I mean an A plus from organizing the defense as a low man to carrying his 
guy after after setting the screen, getting the switch, getting the switch to the baseline to to uh, you know, managing space when he's defending in space and stuff. So that I was just impressed. He he looked like the on the Hawks side was confident player uh, on the, and what his responsibility was and what he, what he was doing. That's not what I expected. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of polish there. I was impressed with his passing amidst the you know various pressures that the Kings were throwing out there. He he seemed uh, he seemed to have a nose for knowing you know when he could do his dribble handoff when the pressure was trying to deny it. He looked, he looked quite comfortable. Yeah, and it made me wonder, like. Um... You know, he he spent. I I, I don't want to speak to it like top of mind as this as facts, but I, I know he spent some time in kind of uh, you know as it called NBA Africa or basketball Africa or it's uh, some of those programs are I I think they're putting a lot of investment there and I think I think that's really producing good results. It looks like a guy who had more bas- high level basketball exposure than a guy who only played a couple years at Washington State. I mean, it looked like a guy who had more exposure to kind of really good coaching yeah, and kind of high level expectations than, than that. And he looked in that way, he looked like a, a kind of a different player than, than he didn't in, in his college time. Yeah. I actually talked to him about that a little bit. Yeah. The, the four years of organized basketball is a little bit overblown because like, I don't know that he did a whole lot of camps and things like that, but you know, in the, year or two leading up to when he came over to go to prep school. He he basically said that, you know, he was he was playing pickup games with like Senegalese pro players and, you know, some of his cousins that were pro players and such. So he he was he was participating in high level games, just not in any formal organized league but you know he was also playing against adults <laughs> and he yeah, you know he was playing against high level adults so yeah. even though there may have not have been referees or you know standings and wins and losses like he was definitely learning the game bef- before he came overseas yeah yeah it, it, uh, over here they call that finding a run right I think I think we all learned that and what was the movie with Wancho was it called Hustle I think so. I um, uh, don't want to say anything bad about that movie because my friend Jeff Siegel will get get upset with me. But uh, um, a nice trade, parents for sure. In the, in the movie, anyway, I'm getting distracted. Wancho is leaving the NBA reportedly. I know. I think both brothers are going to play together in Barcelona. So, yeah, I, I know. It, they they could have stuck it. in the NBA. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're too much celebrity. Like the NBA is too demanding. They need time for other other endeavors. They're diversifying, right? Acting go. career and all that stuff. But one of my like, I don't remember what year it was. My first year coming out here, but I think one of the very first games I saw, Poncho was was playing on Denver's summer league team, and man, he was fiery, like really, really fiery. And uh, this is a summer league game, and he's he's playing in, in uh, on offense. Like I think he got called for a moving screen or something like that. He ran on the end of the court, and he went to get his spot on defense. And he took his, his I looked got like uh, his sunglasses, but they were his eyewear, and he just took them off and like threw them on the ground in the middle of a live play, and they broke into like eighty pieces or something. 
<laughs> and that, that's like one of my like most profound memories that sticks in my head from my very first time watching summer league whatever number of years ago that was now <laughs> all right yeah like trey's trey's first summer league didn't go great like i mean it uh it's all relative it's a learning experience and yeah. some guys that look yeah, great aren't going to pan out and some guys that look terrible are going to pan out it's funny, I was watching the, the Summer League Pacers tonight. What a good grief, what team that they should never lose in this league. Like, it's like Matherin's playing. Isaiah mm-hmm. Jackson, who's way too good for Summer League, is playing, you know, and, you know, on and on, you know. Uh, Nimhard, who's really good. It's, 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 that's not even to mention, you know, the, the young guys, Jairus Walker and, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, but it reminded me, like, I think the first time I saw, Maybe not the first time I saw. Maybe it's Trey's second game in Vegas Summer League after the. You were you went up to Utah. You saw some of the rough play up there in Utah. You went to Utah that year, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and the Hawks were like trailing by like I don't know twenty most of the game, and Trey absolutely shredded the Pacers defense the whole second half, like just absolutely shredded it. And and, and that was one of those things like, okay, he's a young guy you know, a different kind of physical environment and all that sort of stuff. But by the time I got half the third quarter, he owned the whole game, you know. And it, and it's just kind of kind of funny when you kind of get to see that here, you know, kind of almost kind of happened all in the same game, you know. And, it, and it's been interesting because, you know, I watched Scoot play yesterday and, and uh, and today I watched um, Jaden Hardy play, and I'm like, from what I saw, Jaden Hardy's like like a lot better than Jaden Sharp. But one game versus one game, you don't want to put too much on it. But uh, I mean, what Trey did in that game against the Pacers, and it, you know, I, I I don't think I've ever seen like a person absolutely own a whole like, you know, I guess it would be 15 minutes play on the clock because they play 10 minute quarters, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's just one of those times where you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's like phenomenal, you know. And and that's one of one of the fun things about coming to summer league, you know. So, yeah, I, I we got to watch Jabari Smith basically play point guard, you know. Watch Jabari Smith. Uh, and I'm watching Jabari Smith play live, where he's like initiating. I'm like, that's Al Horford. Jabari Smith looks just like Al Horford, like when he dribbles, when he passes, when he gets into the triple threat position. <laughs> it's like Al Horford would, would be doing, like, this is what they do with Al Horford if Al Horford came to the league right now. It's just, it's, you do get to a whole different kind of feeling and vibe up front. Uh, I wish I could spend more time here this time, but, uh, you know, work and, and life just kind of gave me a bit of a long weekend, but it's been fun. All right. Uh, we'll have to do uh, this again. Anyone else in the- Anyone else in the Hawks you're looking forward to seeing that didn't play? I mean, I want to see Miles Norris. He didn't play. We I do. Yeah. We got to see some Veet. Uh we got to see some Tyrese Martin. Uh I'm 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 a little bit nervous for Tyrese. That wasn't yeah. his best showing, uh, especially on offense. Like he yeah. he was feisty on defense, but like always. You know, it's 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 you know when you analyze something like Kobe Bufkin's performance on offense, like, and you look at his numbers, like it's, it's going to be a very different thing if teams try to trap him in the pick and roll and he's, he's giving it to bogey in the corner, as opposed to giving it to Tyrese Martin. Like it's just apples and oranges. Like it's, it's going to be a different thing. So. uh, And then, um, you know, 
fit, I thought like Vitt can really pass the ball. I mean, he can Absolutely. really pass the ball. And he's driving but, the man, pass. Like he's he's making sure the ball like touches the paint and then you know, seeing where the help's yeah. coming from and getting the ball to the right spot. Like it's it's very yeah. uh it's sort of yeah, a good a, uh, glue to the offense to to have that ball mover. It absolutely is, and it's, it, and we worry about his shooting. I think, and I think that's fair. But sometimes a guy with his length and size can just create an angle on a simple drive that collapses the defense. That yeah. helps overcome not being the best shooter. You know, so if you catch and go, catch and create that angle, catch and collapse the defense, yep. you can kick it out. It works sometimes. Where a guy, if, he, if a guy was six three, and and kind of didn't have that length and kind of have that ability to kind of get right into an, uh, an angle of leverage, and so, I mean, I'm rooting for him. It's it's hard to know like if he's gonna make that because the you know I guess the trade today helped right a little bit. Yeah, help help the guys that are still on the roster. There's it's not quite uh, the crunch there, but um, when you see him like, and I, I enjoyed like watching him pass all last night in that game but i was like that's an nba skill that and then and, and when guys like that sometimes it's like do they want nba skills so that kind of starts with that you want to pass the ball it's like that's an nba skill for sure so yep. yeah hope, hope to see more of that tomorrow yep all right well i look forward to this we could we could talk more i hopefully we see some miles norris we still have to talk about brady manic at some point but We've we've got a lot of summer league games to go. It's it's easy to get yeah. worn out by game one, and then you're not ready for game five. So we'll we'll take yeah, it I easy we'll here, and, and we'll get to it when we get yeah. to it. Yeah, I, I think Sonoris and some ATN is probably what we'll get, and can, can break that down maybe on Monday. <laughs> well, thank you for taking time out of your trip. I I appreciate, it. and it's uh, it's fun to let you be the correspondent for a change. <laughs> yeah, a little reversal. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait. G- good night, Bob. I almost did it again. Good night, Bob. Good night, Jeff.